welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show. I'm Dustin Nation, and this is our season preview episode. And no, I don't have coronavirus, just a sinus infection. Thanks for asking. Uh, we're going to talk tonight about the offseason, some key pr- uh, positions and players, and we'll even make some bold, bold predictions uh, towards the end of the episode, so stay tuned. Here with me tonight, joining me from his Peloton where he's burning off his preseason anxious energy is Tristan Vick. How's it going, Tristan? It's going great. It's going really well. I did a 30-minute uh, hip-hop ride this morning at 6 a.m. It felt great. Ready for the season then? Yes, for beach season. All right. And joining us from his man cave where he's taking a hand recovery break from writing out his actual last name in full is Jonathan Roz. Welcome back to the show, Jonathan. Hey, Dustin. Uh, unfortunately, I, I can't afford the Peloton. So, you know, I, I, I did see that they actually allow for payments now. So I, I, had, to, I had to go outside and, you know, do a little running. I think they pre-screen you to make sure you're cool enough to buy it before they even let you buy it. Yeah, I do have yes. like a, a, a glass a glass room overlooking uh, like a, a beach, so I'm good to go. All right. Well, uh, before we get started, I wanted to let everybody know um, about the rest of our preseason content. First, we had our fan preview where Jonathan was our man in the stands. He interviewed several fans. Talk to Luis Dollar of El Matador to preview what they've got going on for this season. And then uh, we also had an interview with the man at the helm of FC Dallas, Luchi Gonzalez, uh, where he shared his views on leadership and how he approaches leading the players and staff of FC Dallas. So go check those out if you haven't already. But uh, let's get stuck in. Are we ready to watch some Mexican Super or FC Dallas this season? Ha 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 ha. Yeah, man, let's 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 do it. All What's right. the first item on the agenda? Well, I figured we'd kind of take a look at the offseason and kind of round up some of the big stories. Um, I think we think we could just all pick our our biggest story for us for the offseason. Jonathan, you want to tell us what you think yeah, the biggest story of the offseason was? Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in there. So there's, I mean, it was actually a fairly quiet offseason from a personnel perspective, right? So we didn't see... Yeah, you know, huge turnover. Uh, a lot of the same team came back, but the I think to me when I when I think about the different changes that were made, the biggest one is the is the change in the middle. So the addition of thirty uh, year old Thiago Santos. You just had to say it that way. I think Thiago uh, from uh, from Brazil. I mean, I think that is that's a a piece that we saw that we needed last year. Once Guazo left, I think it was pretty obvious. Uh, how much this team needed a uh, a true stopper as a number six, right? Somebody to allow uh, you know the 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 eight ten or the two eights to actually be free, um, and and I do think that uh, adding Thiago has you know, has given Lucci that ability really to be able to play uh, the the type of a possession based game that he did that 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 he likes. So I think uh, from my perspective, that's the biggest one. And I mean, so far, man, he he looks like the real deal. Right. So um, yeah. I, I don't know if you've got a chance to look at him, but, but watching, you know, preseason games, watching them in practice, whatever. He's uh, 
uh, he's, uh, he, he doesn't, uh, doesn't hold back. You know, he's gonna, he's gonna put a hurting on a few people. Um, and in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, what, what we saw with, uh, what Grazen when he came and Acosta last year, I mean, uh, the, the yellow cards will accumulate, I have a feeling. So you could, could very easily see, you know, the, 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 the 10th game, uh, he's already getting the yellow card accumulation, but man, I, I feel like, uh, FC Dallas, you know, this team needs, that type of presence in the middle and really, really missed that last year once Grazo left. So uh, that's, that's the big one for me. Yeah. I've talked to Lucci about him and he's like, I think I've put in a little uh, audiogram on, on Twitter about him and uh, Lucci really highly rates the guy. And he, it looks like from, from all the things I've seen in preseason that, you know, he, uh, he might live up to it, but you know, it's preseason. Uh, we've been wrong right. before about preseason players. <laughs> Tristan, how about you? What do you got as your biggest story of the offseason? Um, I I would say that the fact that there wasn't a whole lot of turnover is probably a little bit of a big story. But that being said, in hindsight, I think it's going to be a double down on the youth. Like when you look at the forward, the front line, aside from a couple of the forwards, the majority of that front line excluding and Barrios, I guess you could exclude him as well is a lot of young talent that we're going to be looking at and kind of doubling down on Paxton, Jesus, uh, Pepe as some depth on the, on the uh, front line is kind of something interesting because they were inconsistent last year. And so there's going to be a lot expected on those guys. And I don't think if you combined some of our starters ages, you could hit 40 between mm-hmm. four of them. And so that's going to be an interesting, uh, I think that's an interesting tact, so to speak. I don't know if that's because they didn't find anybody that they wanted or the hunts forgot they had a team or what, but it, it is certainly the FC Dallas way to have a, 34-year-old center back and a 16-year-old or 17-year-old striker. So uh, yeah, yeah, I can I can see your point. I think for me though my my biggest story actually kind of might be an an anti point to that, at least the point about the Hunts forgetting they have a a team. Uh my biggest story I think would be just the additions to the front line. Like we needed some more ways to score. Um, there towards the end we had Cobra, but before that we didn't really have a whole lot of ways. And Mascara on the left wing wasn't really cutting it. Baji on the left wing wasn't really cutting it. Like we just had no no answer for a you know balance for for Barrios. And like all of our attacks had to go through Barrios. And if if there was if if they were able to if the defense is able to not have to key in on Barrios and they have to spread their their stuff. Um, that would be good. And bringing in Fafa uh, Pico is, I think, going to, if not, you know, provide balance in himself, but it will cause Santi Mascara to maybe actually produce, which would be good um, for a DP to player to do. And then the other part of that front line is, you know, we had Cobra, but we also um, we also picked up uh, Frank O'Hara, who will be joining in the offseason, maybe earlier probably or probably not the off his offseason fc dallas's uh summer transfer window and that was a you know a a record signing for them as far as transfer fees goes so you know it is heartening to see at least or maybe no it's not transfer it's his, his contract's going to be um 
a record contract for them because he didn't, he's coming on a free cause he's, he's right. out of contract. But, um, you know, so that's, that, I know Tristan, you've talked about it before, um, where it doesn't, you don't really look at transfer fees as a bar, a barometer of, of what a team's willing to invest in the, in their, or what ownership's willing to invest in their players. You look at the, the contracts and here they are doing that, giving a record contract to a guy, um, to come lead the line. But they could have paid for him today. Uh, you, I mean, it's a two-way street, right? You, they did they, they may have. I mean, they said in the press conference that they're trying to get him as soon as they can, but it's like Pachuca's got to be willing to sell him too. Yeah, and in, it's not like Pachuca's a club that's going to be digging for that last dollar, right? So they've, I mean, uh, I, I don't see them going out of the way to try to let him go without getting something significant back from FC Dallas, right? So I, I'd be very surprised if we saw um, him come before, I think, the end of their season's, you know, beginning of June, right? So, yeah. I mean, he might be in Frisco, you know, middle of June, playing in, playing in, in early July. But Dustin, sorry, something, something you and, and Tristan both uh, mentioned on or, or touched on made me actually think, you know, the... Tristan mentioned that they're doubling down and in many ways they actually did, right? Because the one thing that they did do during the offseason was they doubled down on Jesus, Jesse, Hedges, uh, Hollingshead, Paxton, right? I mean, they they extended a lot of contracts. They put put money behind it, right? So, uh, you know, they've they, they've they have increased that base. So it's not it's not like they sat pat and they've got the same salaries they did last year. It's the, they they know that the youth and some of those core players are really going to be what's going to drive their future. In addition to to some of these guys, so yeah, for sure. And you know that kind of leads into what I wanted to talk about next is um, the key key uh, position battles because you've got these this youth and we've got these this influx of some players at some different key positions, and so it kind of it kind of uh, uh, livens up the talk about like who's going to play in, in, on any given week. So, uh, Tristan, what what uh, position and depth chart like battle do you think will be the the most important one and the most lively one this season? Well, the one that's going to get talked about the most. Oh well, I could see it going one of two ways, really. But the two that I would look out for if I were trying to gauge how well this team is really gelling by bringing back some of the key core components is first up top with the forwards. Um, Last season ended with Andrasik basically being crowned the next Pele, I think, by some FC Dallas fans um, for like a six-match run. But I think his form will be key to whether or not he's that starter. He started off not even making the squad last season, but it seems to reckon that based on how he finished last season, he'll be playing quite a bit, at least early on. But with the addition of Pepe now, it looks like full-time with FC Dallas, there's going to be a little bit of pressure on there. With uh, Fafa Picot, there's... Another part, but he plays a little bit more out wide. So it's just kind of an if he wants it, he can have it. He is on the Pico. Yeah, but if he's <laughs> not an out and out goal scorer, I know. we don't have a number 10. Um, but 
the 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 issue I have is is he going to be consistent, right? And he can't really he hasn't really proved the ability to do that yet. And so if he's able to get consistently, maybe not scoring goals every match, but obviously being a force to create opportunities as he did last season, then that'll be key. And then the second is obviously in the middle, right? Depending on how Lucci sets up, um, which you can probably talk a little bit more to, but depending on how Lucci sets up, I'm interested to know of the Cerio, Cervania, Paxton, um, Santos, whenever they get healthy, Acosta, however many that is, Roberts, how how that all sets up, right? Because Robert Thomas Roberts is a little bit more involved now with the first team than he was last yep. season. He's not going to be playing in Arlington. He's going to be trying to make the squad each day. Um, what happens to that middle, right? And and at what point? Because I mean, you can't just play the same eleven every match unless the same eleven proves that they're flawless. And we doubled down on a group of players that, while playing really well, better than the sum of their parts, are flawed <laughs> in terms of they're not consistently able to deliver top quality performances every match, right? And so if somebody starts to struggle more than once in a row, does that mean that they're going to get yanked, right? Is he going to yank Paxton if Paxton's not giving a spark or creativity? Or if Paxton's constantly having to get subbed off at 60 minutes because he isn't fit, like what's the point of starting him, right? Like make him a sub, put in somebody else that can go – 100% 100% for 60 and if needed 70, 80, 90 minutes, right? Yeah. So those two areas are areas to watch to see if Lucci, that, and that tells you something about Lucci, right? Yeah. Whether he's going to be confident or not in his tactics, right? He's going to start second guessing himself five, well, six we, matches in. Yeah, I don't think we really saw that last year, right? So, I mean, I, I, the, I think we saw a fairly consistent play from Lucci once he figured out who, who he wanted to play or at least how he wanted to play. Right, so some of the players switched out, but I think you nailed it, man. With the, I mean, it's that midfield. It's all about the. It's all about the midfield. Yeah, Cobra and Pappy will fight it out, but man, that's that's Cobra's job to lose, right? If Cobra continues to um, play like he did at the end of last year, right, that's that's his position. But man, I mean, the fact that they brought in somebody to play that six because it really wasn't a six last year, right? Cirillo, uh, he 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 did well early in the year, but I think he's still got some maturity. And then there's just, I mean, the depth that. Eight ten is is crazy, right? The the yeah. number of different players that could play. It is, but one thing I will say is, I, I haven't watched a ton of the preseason, so I guess beyond Santos, uh, Cervania was sometimes got stuck in, but they're not very physical. I will say that yeah. Garezo had a yeah. bite, and and so to say that he's a like for like replacement, I'm I gotta see it on. Can you do it on a cold, wet night in Los Angeles, right? I mean, like, midweek game in wherever, like Houston, where it's just disgusting in the middle of June or whatever. That I want to see that first because I felt like we always were lacking a little bit of bite in the midfield last season, which made us get ripped open on the sides. Yeah, I think that that lack of a bite might be – Something that might be a common characteristic amongst a lot of the the homegrowns that we're bringing up in the midfield. 
I mean, if you look at the ones you just mentioned for not willing to be tickets stuck in, those are all homegrown players. And um, you you wonder whether that's something to do with the system or American soccer or what. Uh, But it'd be interesting to see whether they're able to learn that that nastiness from Tiago Santos. Um, The other thing I'd like to say about the midfield, Mm -hmm. I think I agree with both of y'all spot on like that midfield. There's so much depth there this season. There's so many different uh, ways that it can go. And I I think that the thing that that says to me is uh, options, right? I think that, each one of those players that we just mentioned off Paxton, Cervania, Acosta, Surio, uh, Santos, you know, you, on and on, Roberts. Um, you, you, you talk about each one of those, Ferreira, right, even. Yep. And each one brings something different to the table. Each one has a different style and a different way they like to play. And it's not, we're not always, I, I can see it going this season where, the way they set up is different for every opponent. And then he, he, you, Lucci chooses his personnel based on how they want to set up for that opponent. I, I can see it uh, being as a, maybe a way to kind of battle that fatigue that they started to get towards the end of this, like almost every season, right? It was that, that summer swoon that we that always, always get. And part of that is because some of the, like the same players play in the heat all yeah. all summer long and if you have the uh, the options to change it up and change the style and and play to an opponent then i mean it, that can go a long way in keeping fresh legs yeah and you've seen that lucci's really been playing the the 532 or 352 quite a bit in preseason which is something you really yeah. didn't see outside of should the- we mention should we mention nelson as a midfielder <laughs> exactly and and, N- nelson, and nelson is <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 amazing. And then what what I was to, amazing to me is just the depth. When you think about um, you know, as if they're lining up, I mean the the people fighting for I'm going to call it the ten, right? That's Jesus Paxton and, and I think Santi, right? I think Santi's more more likely, and we saw this in preseason too, to play as a ten than as uh, than than to play on the wing. I think Fafa is going to be there, right? So I mean, just to think about it, you, one of those guys is not going to start, right? Jesus Paxson or Santi, right, um, are likely going to not start just about any game, and that's 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 some 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 amazing depth. And it's and and I know we're not talking about people who are gone, right? But I mean, you, I mean, that's why somebody like Jacory, right, is now going to be in Miami, soaking up the sun, right, playing for Beckham. Uh, he's in Minnesota. Oh, he's in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Oh no, sorry, that's Vic. The opposite. That's Vic. The opposite. That's Vic yeah. that went to Miami. Yeah. yeah. So, so either way, right? It's you know we see people, uh, you know we we see people who have have left, right? Because that depth is just so great, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, before we get to some predictions, there's kind of an elephant in the room, and I kind of alluded to it at the beginning of the show. Uh, some some off the field, I guess, maybe blunders, maybe not blunders. Uh, I'd, everyone else seems to have weighed in on the Mexican superstar package gate uh i just want to know what you guys kind of think of of that particular um well hold on can somebody explain it for people who like maybe missed it oh that's a good point yeah sorry all right well so um i can't reference it because it's been deleted but um essentially the middle of the week fc dallas tweeted out um 
a a tweet that basically said, "Come see uh, Chicharito, uh, Pizarro, and listed several other Mexican uh, players." And it was basically a four pack of games for a very cheap price, cheaper than season tickets. Um, and it was said, uh, "Come." T- come get your Mexican superstar package and come see all these Mexican, uh, good Mexican players. players. Play at Toyota stadium or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then they, they guess the, the resulting, uh, the resulting hubbub was, you know, even a uh, player, uh, Hercules Gomez on ESPN FC, uh, brought it up. And there's a lot of, a lot of people took, uh, took offense to it. And, and thought that it was of poor taste. I want I want Tristan to go first because Tristan's always super positive about this kind of stuff. Tr- Trist- yeah. Tristan, uh, yeah. So I I know what you are talking about briefly. I I was during a it was during a vi- very busy day at work and Dustin texted me uh, like something about it and so I, I like just saw it real quick and I go oh yeah that's silly and then I saw that like actual MLS players and stuff were like <laughs> responding to it and I was like. Oh my God, like this is hilarious because it's like we, okay, so like MLS is a bubble and then the players that play in MLS are another bubble and then like FC Dallas is like a bubble that's outside of the MLS bubble and has no idea that other bubbles are making fun of it, right? Like, and so when the marketing team posted that, I mean, it's just silly. Like, I just don't know what the whole point of it was because it wasn't even in, was it even in Spanish? Like, I mean, I don't know. That's just ridiculous that you could say that and make it a package and call it that. That's great. But it's not, it's par for the course. I don't know what to say. I mean, there's not a whole lot of, there's not an overreaction, dude. It's, it's ridiculous. Like imagine if you're an NBA player and somebody's like, Hey, come and see Zion play in the, your hometown now. And it's like, wait, 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 what about us? Right? Like, like people lace, like there should be legit. I mean, there's not going to be this question because there's not like a overwhelming media presence at FC Dallas, but like, if this happened in the NFL or somewhere else, the first question you ask any player in a locker room after a match or during a training session is, are you offended that the marketing team is marketing your opponents and not even marketing you? And they're going to say, oh, that was a one-off thing. I have a billboard in Grand Prairie by a car dealership or something. You know, it's, well, I have some stuff, but like, I mean... The main Twitter account pushing the other team over the actual team is, I mean, it's Bush League, dude. Like, what are you doing? Like, fake it till you make it, right? And we've been there 25 years, and you're going to hear that all season long. But they're acting like they've never made it. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, you have a product. Sell what you have. You know, you should be like, come see players that make less than you play soccer. You know, it's like, and they're good at it or something. I mean, you probably can't say that because a lot of them have resigned. But hey, we like, have a CBA now, Tristan. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But the point is, come see the kids <laughs> that like took, like, graduated from your high school or whatever. And the, it's just, oh my god, it it is what it is. I'm sure. What's funny is nobody probably got fired. Like. <laughs> 
that's the that's what's funny. It was, it was probably an intern anyway, so so you know they they you know firing them didn't do any good. Well, no, they have a whole package. Like, oh, I know. It's oh, a I mean, real yeah, so, thing. somebody actually had to put the package together. I mean, just think yes. of all the disappointed people who actually bought that package, and now they're just out, right? Just it got it got taken away. I mean, they'll so, show so, up so they can buy the jerseys or something. Yeah. I mean, like, Jonathan, do you uh, do you think you're thinking about this on the same along the same lines as Tristan? No, no. First of all, it was it was a it was a heck of a lot of Twitter fun. I think I think that's the main thing, and and, and so I mean you got to take social that's what media Twitter's for, for right ex- exactly. I mean it's you, you gotta you gotta look at it from that light, which is yeah, it's you, you want to overreact over everything because it's 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 fun, right? So I mean honestly, the the idea of the 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 tweet, I get that you want to to find opportunities to market your team to people who may not know you know who Reggie Cannon and Paxton are, right? Uh, the the execution was poor. But I think the, the the bigger thing that concerns me more, and, and this is something more going around this week, is just it's just the the uh, just the overall lack of engagement around kind of Spanish and Hispanic uh, the people here in in the Dallas area. Right, so you know Dallas is you know pretty close to to thirty percent Hispanic or Latino. Uh, there's I think we we mentioned it earlier. There's, I mean, there, there's the the tweet wasn't in Spanish, right? Uh, I think we saw earlier today. You know, sixteen of the twenty six, uh, or maybe it was a couple of days ago. Sixteen of the twenty six MLS teams came out with their uh, their Spanish hashtag, right? You know, you know, FC Dallas, right? One of the ten teams sitting in, you know, in 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 Texas, right? Uh, doesn't have one, and there's really not a whole lot of of Spanish outreach outside of. Uh, they they do have, uh, admittedly, they do do the games on Spanish radio every every game, which is which is pretty yeah. cool. Uh, but to me, I mean, I, I to me, I'm I'm more disappointed that that's all there was, right? And it would be pretty cool if there was a an actual marketing campaign that was directed towards the Hispanic population. And be, I mean, in my dream was that you know they'd have a they'd have a you know have have one more game you know down in uh, uh, in the Cotton Bowl, right? You know, one one game a year, right? Uh, um, playing one of the, maybe even playing one of those opponents and try to get some of those fans engaged, right? It'd be be kind of cool. So to me, yeah, the individual tweet, yeah, it's 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 embarrassing, and I feel bad for whoever it was that actually sent it out or approved it. Um, the, but to me, man, it just it it just reminds you that how how little engagement we have with or the the front office has or the marketing team has with with um, that demographic in Dallas, and I think that's that's to me the bigger issue. No, I, I, yeah, I think you're it, spot it, on. Especially with the Olympics coming up and it looking like there's going to be at least two, if not more, FC Dallas players potentially on that team if they qualify. Yeah. I, I think for me, yep. I'm right there with you, Jonathan, about about the thing. Like, it, it, I'm more offended that it's just like a half measure and, than, it is, yep. than I was that they're – I mean, it's not a good look. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm – I just am not like pitchforks. You know, I don't have my pitchfork out because of that. I, I'm more upset that like that's it. Like if like you said, if there was a bigger right. push, like let's let's get a Spanish account, let's get a Spanish hashtag. I mean, that's not hard. Let's get Somos I mean, FCD. There you go. Somos los yes. toros. We are FCD, I believe. Oh, uh, what is? Uh, Dallas till I die in Spanish. 
Another first word is Dallas. Yeah, something like that, right? But like, I mean, I mean, we had a Spanish-speaking um, media person that, that was does no longer with the team. Yep. Um, and uh, it was uh, Janet Janet Sanchez. Uh, um, and then now there's nothing. Like we don't hear anything. What? And, and think and think about our the the national TV coverage for FC Dallas. It's five national TV games all on all on, all on uh, Spanish stations, right? So it's like young, the yeah. ex- exactly. So from a from a nationwide perspective, there's this. <laughs> it's uh uh you know there's there's a big push for to Spanish speaking audiences, but just it's just not local. And I don't I don't know if it's necessarily the 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 social media guys because the social media for FC Dallas, honestly, I think has been pretty good the last couple of years overall right some of the videos they come up with some of the content has been uh has been pretty good i mean i think a lot of us actually personally know a lot of those people too right and they're all 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 good guys and girls uh i think the this is more something that would have to be a, a higher level decision which would be hey there's a demographic that we're not currently going after that we need to invest in right um, yeah. it's not it's not like those guys are all going to sudden start speaking spanish right <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I said it in, on our uh, season wrap up last last season um, in our marketing discussion. Like the marketing, it doesn't matter what how they get people in the seats in the stadium if they can't get them to come back. And I think the bigger issue is the game day experience and how how do you how do you make it something that people just want to come back to? I mean, the soccer's great, but like, there's no the, the atmosphere is is bad. Yeah, uh, but so, that's. Let's talk about I mean, the next, maybe in the next podcast, Dustin, because I think we're going to have, I mean, we heard uh, uh, Dan tease yesterday about some new stuff that's supposed to happen. I don't, I don't know right, what yeah, it is. Yeah, we guess we'll get to see on what the, it is. On the 105, the fan or whatever, uh, video montage or whatever it was yesterday. Um, and then uh, I know there's some other stuff, so maybe maybe we should touch on that in either the next part of that, whatever about. I'm down uh, for it. All right. Well, let's move into some predictions, some bold, bold, way too early predictions. Uh, and we we may go back and visit these and see how wrong or right we were. Um, we'll just kind of go around the horn here. Uh, final table position for FC Dallas. Tristan, where do you think FC Dallas ends up at the, the table? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say because if I could see a situation where Paxton never gets fully fit, and they miss out on the playoffs by a couple of spots. Um, how many teams make the playoffs now? Seven? Seven. Eight? Yeah. Seven? Okay. Um, I could see them finishing in that five, six, seven range if Paxton stays healthy and they actually get their striker from Pachuca and he starts playing by the end of July. Um but I could also see a situation where this team relies yet again on Michael Barrios to do all the offensive heavy, heavy lifting, and um, they have struggle scoring goals away from home, and it's another last week or two into the season trying to make that last playoff spot. But um, I'm going to go with they're going to finish – I'm going to say they finish sixth and then make it to the semis because I'm right. optimistic. All right, that's Dustin, a good shot, up, man. What, what, but what will I saying? point – can I – hold on real quick. Is it fair – sidebar. Sidebar. Is it fair that 
we have in MLS new new teams coming into the into the uh, league, and can we like review real quick who's who's letting the East get all these new teams? Because okay, we have Nashville. This I, th- year. I think it's called geography. Yeah, because geography gets a lot. But of like, so there's Nashville. I know, there's, there's but Miami, Cincinnati came in last year. Uh, I think St. Louis is coming up. But the West is going to get. But like, Orlando's a permanent expansion team, and then you have Inter Miami, FC Cincinnati, and I guess it kind of evens out because Atlanta and LAFC sort of. Came in and came in on fire, but like, yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. So I feel you're, like you're saying that all it's an of easier our teams have the playoffs in the East because of all the expansion teams. Yeah, and like we have Vancouver and the Rapids, and I'm sure that Kansas City rebounds this year. Like in terms of yeah. looking at the league as a whole, but like the East just looks so weak. Versus the West. Well, we'll get opinion. our we get ours whenever Austin and Sacramento join. So, yeah, but Austin will be good. Maybe. I mean, they'll, they'll have McConaughey, so at least they'll look good, and they'll, their right. drinks will be cold with their Yetis. Yeah. All right, and like we'll all be jealous of them, but yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> say I'm gonna say fifth or sixth, and they make the last eight or semis or whatever that is. No. Nah, so um, I think that, so my turn, I'll go. Uh, I think that it really depends on how this first stretch of about eight games goes. I think this eight games, like the, the beginning of the season is where FC Dallas has made its money or where it's, where it's made its uh, uh, stands the past few seasons where like they get the, collect a whole bunch of points at the beginning and then kind of ride it out to the end. And I'm not sure that that anybody's going to be able to collect a whole bunch of points. If you look at the the types of teams that FC Dallas is playing in the first uh, eight, ten games of the season, it's not going to be a cakewalk. And I think, though, that if they're able to, to come through there um, with a decent amount of, of, of points and some wins, and uh, I think that... The, the rest of the season uh, goes about the same. And I, I would agree with you about about fifth, sixth place. I'll go, I'll be optimistic and say fifth. And I, I actually also had um, semifinals in the playoffs. I think that with the addition of Hara coming in, that they'll, they'll be maybe fired on all cylinders at the end of the season, especially with more fresh legs this season. But I'm, I'm an eternal optimist. So Jonathan, how about you? Uh, well, I'm going to be even more optimistic. I'm going to go with four, and and it's it's it, it's uh, it's also selfish because you know I want to actually have a home playoff game. That'd be kind of cool. But uh, I I do agree that the that the first part of the season is really what's going to drive how well they do. So it's uh, between the strength of schedule and then uh, I'm sure we'll get into it in one of the future pods, right? The impacts of the of the Olympics, right? And missing players. It's going to be it's going to be even tough. Have the Olympics. Right? Coronavirus. That's right. That's right. Been. Never know. Never know. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic. I'm gonna go with a, with a fourth place. Very cool. Playoffs. So we're all we're all pretty close. Uh, well, uh, playoffs. They won the first game. They won their home game. All right. All righty. What about so this this past season? Jesus Ferreira uh, 
was FC Dallas's golden boot winner with I think it was eight goals. Who do you think gets the FC Dallas golden boot this season, Jonathan? Uh, Ziegler with uh, 18 penalty kicks. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's, it, I actually think it's going to be Cobra. So I, I think that Cobra is going to be able to, uh, to, to keep his streak alive. And he's been fairly consistent, at least the little bit we've seen from a preseason perspective. Um, so that's, that, that, that's, I don't think it's, it's still not going to be a 15, right? I think it's going to be 12, 13, which would be pretty good for Dallas. Uh, but I think that, I think, uh, Cobra is going to be the, the golden boot winner. Yeah. It'll be interesting though. I think he has to get it all at the front of the season because if, if he goes off to the euros and then yep. he comes back and Hara's on the team, like there's no guarantee he's going to be playing at the end of the season. So it'll be interesting to watch. How about you, Tristan? Who's, who's your golden boot winner? Are they qualified? The check. check? Oh, yeah. I think so. I think so. Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They qualified. Yeah. Oh, this is that's because they expanded it. So like everyone makes it now. Just like, like the MLS playoffs. Yeah, I actually heard the yeah. University of Phoenix has a team. In the Euros. Yep. <laughs> In the Euros. Yeah. There you go. Um, interested? What a golden boot? I. Um, the top scorer. For the uninitiated, um, I I'm gonna go with I I mean I like the idea of Zendrasic, but I see him having to leave for about a month and a half. Um, I will go with we have I I'll take Jesus to repeat, um, mostly because I think he'll be around the most. <laughs> Um, I think Barrios potentially could get up there depending on how they utilize Cobra's physicality, right? Um, because in the past, we, we there were so many matches where Barrios was coming off of Baji last year as a forward, which just never worked, right? Whereas Cobra really gets in there and shakes things up and is always physical with some of the long balls, which I know is not the way we always play, but... It, the way that Cobra could work with, there's a. I was watching the Liverpool yesterday, and the way that they utilize the 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 spacing and the channels, I think Lucci's team is set up well for that, and that could benefit somebody like uh, Barrios to potentially get some goals. But I'm gonna go with Asus just because I think he's gonna be around the most. That's a fair shout. I uh, I'm gonna go. Can I cheat and choose one of two players? Uh, I just absolutely did. not. Uh, so I think it'll be. I'm going to shake it up and say it's going to be one of the Uyghurs that uh, is able to produce this season more. Uh, Barrios had his huh? The oh the Uyghurs. One of the Uyghurs. Yeah, I thought you said the Uyghurs, and I'm like, am I listening <laughs> really to the Daily here, Podcast folks. about China again? I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, <clears throat> I, I would say that it's uh, one of the wingers. Um, Barrios had his a lot of goals two seasons ago, and Fafa is also you know has played in the nine at times as well. So both of those players um, have a, an eye for goal. Uh, but I'm going to go out and say Barrios actually turns it on instead of being the assist leader, he's a goal leader for this season. 
So that'd be pretty cool, man. All right. Um, so this is kind of a t- I don't wouldn't say it's a a real real big prediction, but like, do you think that any players uh, leave this summer? Reggie Cannon, anybody else? Um. So I would have said yes, like last year to that, but I think Reggie sticks around. Um, and then I would say I could see, I could see somebody like, I don't know, would Reto go back if somebody came in with like a good offer, right? Um, wanting to go back home. He's done the MLS thing, goes back home and plays a season in Switzerland or something. Um, but I could, I guess Reggie's the obvious candidate, right? But who knows? I don't think that I don't think that there's a lot of definitive. Uh, there's not a lot of definitive evidence that there's a solid bid out there, right? Like you saw, and there's so barring and like the way that past young Americans have gotten spotted that weren't very established beyond a season or two, like Yedlin was. They had a big tournament, so if he gets called up for the Olympics and has a good. Yep tournament then yeah sure he's gone but if he doesn't if he starts to falter and get distracted he's gonna keep playing that what i thought it was gonna happen game and that's just yeah it it depends on how much you read into the the contract talk right i mean we keep keep hearing dan saying uh they're working on a big deal right and we saw it uh on mlssoccer.com earlier this week too yeah they're working on a big deal for reggie that I I don't see you know if unless there was offers out there I mean why would Reggie be holding out right because you know you look at all the all the the people they've signed over the over the break you get I guarantee you that they've been working with, with Reggie for a while so there must be some some sort of interest out there that makes Reggie feel like he needs to ponder on whether or not right to extend otherwise or not extend. I mean, it might not be an extension, right? But why not take that paycheck, right? Unless there's a reason not to. So, I mean, to me, to me, Reggie's the most likely to go. Um, and I agree. Uh, I agree with Tristan, right? It's, if he if he if he has a you know a good first half of the season if he if he shows well in the Olympics um, that's probably going to be what's going to going to stamp his passport to to Europe. All right. Well, I don't have anything to add to that. I think you guys both covered the things that I was going to say. So uh, we'll just call. You it, don't want to beat a dead horse. I'm all generally. I'm about that, but uh, I can't. I'm, I'm really struggling to get words out of my mouth and into the microphone. So we'll uh, we'll put everybody's misery out of. Put, a, put everybody out of the misery here and go ahead and end the show. Uh, if you like what you hear, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. You can, If you don't know uh, how to do that on your phone, you can go to d- d- uh, you can go to dallasoccershow.com slash subscribe, and there's instructions right there. Uh, if you like the show, please tell a friend. You can catch us on Twitter as at Dallas Soccer Show. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you on opening day, everybody.